Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk. Hello, Michael. How are you doing this evening? Barry, I'm doing quite well. Hello. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well as well. Uh, I'm doing as well. I'm doing well also. also. Uh, and we're going to talk today about, uh, we're going to continue in the Actor Network groove thing. In our last episode, we were talking about Bruno Latour's 1997 Actor Network Theory, A Few Clarifications essay, in which, as the title might suggest, Latour returns to his theory, not only his theory, as we'll discuss, returns to the theory of the Actor Network and tries to address some um, frequently made criticisms of actor network theory. We're not going to, we're going to talk more about actor network theory or ant, um, but we're not going to do it through the tour this time. Instead, we're moving um, to an earlier essay by sociologist uh, John Law entitled Notes on the Theory of the Actor Network, colon, Ordering, Strategy, and heterogeneity. I think probably in the process of our discussion, we're going to return to some of those terms in, you know, after the colon, ordering strategy, and especially that last word, heterogeneity. But we're going to talk about ant um, in relation not to this later reconsideration or redefinition or formulation, reformulation of ant. Um, but we're looking at John Law's, uh, John Law's essay and looking at an earlier sort of instantiation of ant. Um, and it the last thing I'll say about this is that ant, kind of typical of the decenter nature of actor network theory, uh, there isn't a single author or a single authoritative voice on ant, right? Mm -hmm. so John Law is a major contributor uh, from his point of view, from his from within his discipline of sociology, and Latour, I think, would also define himself as a sociologist, but very specifically, um, uh, a, a philosopher of science. And there is a definitely, definitely in France, there is philosophy of science since um, since before the Second World War is its own sort of distinctive field. So um, there, uh, Law and Latour are approaching the subject uh, with a common goal and a lot of common ideas. So we thought we could elucidate Latour by talking about Law. But there are some, but, you know, uh, not surprisingly, within Ant, there are differences of opinion and different emphases. And so we're going to talk about John Law's emphases today, which are very interesting. He has a whole other set of keywords, I think. Yeah, and I, I think that it's here at the outset, I think it's probably worth noting some of the differences and the explanation for the differences. Um, this is a, if you're new to actor network theory, I, I think this is really a great read because it's very clear as far as theory goes um and it's 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 not nearly as complicated but i think that that's not because he's doing something outside of what latour was doing latour's purpose in writing 
mm-hmm. the essay that we talked about last week, was mm-hmm. to clarify misunderstanding. So part of his problem is he has to explain the misunderstanding <laughs> and then <laughs> clarify it. and then work backwards through it to right, get right, to where right. law is. So right, just right. to sort of yeah, that's you know, exactly right. That, that to, that's that's a great point. I just want to say that that's a great point. That law law has the law is not burdened by document. Yeah, so, he's not burdened. He's so, just going to sort of lay it out. Yeah. So I, I I hope that this discussion, if you didn't listen last time, it's it's certainly worth the listen. The the difference is that he's Latour was trying to untangle a ball of string. Um, that's that that is I I think it's knotted up because and and we had talked about this earlier. One of the things that makes actor network theory difficult to wrap your head around is that as you had said it doesn't have a center and we are habituated into looking not just for the center but for the human at the center and, and yeah absolutely well put and, and well so put. what what and and and, and ants never going to give you that um because there is, is no design center. not to give you that right? it, it, precisely it's literally designed not to give because you it because it's because it serves a different purpose which is part of what we're going to we're going to get to today but i think that if I was going to try and sum up Law's job here or his intention here. Is it really what he's looking to do is explain the shape and the composition of networks within actor theory with the understanding that there is no shape or consistent composition, which sounds like a weird paradox, but I think he does a nice job of walking us through. Like, so... Mm -hmm. Um, with, with, I don't, you know, I don't want to, to unnecessarily cloud this up. That's, that's, that's annoying. Um, but, but the title has it right. Uh, theory of actor network ordering. So how they're shaped strategy, how, how, act, how, how networks are shaped. Correct. Strategy and heterogeneity, right? So what are they doing? And this, this question of heterogeneity, I think is the real problem that's that Latour had to try and iron out and right, i'm right, gonna right, right. We'll, we'll get there so that's 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 i think the the agenda right is to that, just that sort is, of that is our agenda and let me let me say something because i'm a nervous nelly and i feel the the uh the need to sort of justify our ways because you know when uh, we had discussed this we were thinking golly maybe we should have talked i mean we did what we did this is the model of critical media studies what do we do here we do what we do, you know, for better or for worse. But um, we, you know, at first we were thinking, oh, golly, maybe we should have talked about John Law first before mm-hmm. we we talked about um, Latour. But um, I'm going to try to justify our mistake here, Michael, by saying this, um, that in a way it's not a mistake, <laughs> which is what I always say. Um, but I, I think I have some solid reasons in this particular case in that. I think it's pretty clear that once you deal, once you settle with these texts for a little while, when you sit, when you read law and sit with it and read Latour and you sit with it, there are differences in style, not just differences in style between the two, but there are differences in emphasis Mm -hmm. uh, between the two. There are certain things and not just for Latour's um, a particular rhetorical occasion of, you know, uh, that was, operating in the essay we just talked about by Latour. In this particular essay, John Law has a set of concerns that are, they 
they converge in some points with Latour, but I think they're distinctly his own. So let me just make one, one, one quick um, uh, footnote point here before we get to the meat of the episode. And um, it's, it's a comment in relation to something you just raised. You were drawing attention to the subtitle, ordering, strategy, and heterogeneity. Um, as you wisely opine, Dr. Apici, heterogeneity is one of the major emphases here. Like that's one of the core features of the network that law wants to expand on and and that we're going to touch on in our in our discussion today. But I and I noted this time when you were mentioning it, strategy. That's significant, that word's significant as well. Because with it, John Law introduces into the theory of the actor network a dynamic that I don't think necessarily, or at least not in the Latour I've read, exercises Latour very much. But in this particular essay, it's one of the fascinating things about the Law essay, Law is very energized with this. Strategy, tactics, this is the language of warfare. This is the language of power and domination. And it's one of the interesting features of this essay for me is that um, maybe Latour is a little bit phobic about French theorist Michel Foucault and his theories of power. But in this essay, John Law, I think, actively engages, although he gives a radically different reading of it, he actively engages Foucault's ideas of power and how and addresses the slipperiness of how he's providing a theory of power along within his account. He's incorporating um, a theory of power in his theory of the actor network. And that, I think that's really, really interesting. So that word strategy is something we're going to also return to as we go further. Okay, so shall we get into it then? We shall. I was going to turn to you and 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 you will take us away into our first major point here. Okay, so I think um again, the text itself is fairly clear and I don't need I don't think the text that it needs or calls for, you know, extended explication. What what I what we're planning on doing today is just looking at a couple of the moments where rather than making radical arguments he's sort of laying out the way that ant works and this affords us the opportunity to just talk about how we see this i mean this is this is um so i'll, I'll did, did you want to start with the well first yeah part or... well i just want i wanted to ask you something do you yeah. think it's fair to say that the passages we're looking at are places where law um kind of provides descriptions of the actor network i well or in no. as much in as much as you can i mean he has to paint in broad strokes because again mm -hmm. these are networks that and we talked about this latour are always unique unto themselves right. um right and, but again his mission is different he's not trying to clarify a misconception mm -hmm. he's really trying to say this is how it works so mm -hmm. Um, but these ideas, as I said, aren't necessarily um, obvious. So let, let's let's jump in, and we'll 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 see where we go. 
So <clears throat> this is under the section titled Society is a Heterogeneous Network. And he says, so much for science, but I have already suggested that science isn't very special. Thus, what is true for science is also said to be true for other institutions. Accordingly, the family, the organization, computing systems, the economy, and technologies, all social life may be similarly pictured. All of these are ordered networks of heterogeneous materials whose resistance has to be overcome. This, then, is the crucial analytical move made by actor network writers. The suggestion that the social is nothing other than patterned networks of heterogeneous materials. So I want to stop there for a second, though we are going to run down through one more paragraph. My key takeaway here mm -hmm. is that law is saying everything is a network mm -hmm. and these networks are not drawn along any particular lines of categorization or hierarchy. Anything, everything mm -hmm. is networked and it's not networked according to our common definitions. All of social life, regardless of which perspective you want to take mm -hmm. or how you want to slice it mm -hmm. is going to be networked. But, but wait a minute here. There's uh, going to be a network. It's going to be a network, but you said there's no hierarchy. Uh, you're not saying that there's no hierarchy Within no, I'm the saying network. they're not organized no... according to a pre-established hierarchy. Right. In okay. other words, they are There's not... nothing pre-established. There's nothing pre-established. No, they are not... Um, power is not preordained. Um, agency, which is one of the key terms here, mm -hmm. is not located in a pre-established mm -hmm. hierarchy. Everything mm -hmm. is fluid everything but the, the point i think the, the radical point here is he says all of social life is networked everything you is this a good place to sort of stop and say whether or not we agree with this or do you well let's finish let's finish there's this let, let's right. finish the lesson okay. but i think that's the big takeaway from this this first argument yes. is that yeah uh, you know every, everything is, is the, everything that's social every, all of social life is 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 a network Okay. This is yeah. a radical. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. This is a radical claim because it says that these networks, and this is crucial here, these networks are composed not only of people, but also of machines, animals, texts, money, architectures, any material that you care to mention. So the entirety. So the argument is that the stuff of the social isn't simply human. It is all of these other materials too. Indeed, the argument is that we wouldn't have a society at all if it weren't for the heterogeneity of the networks of the social. So in this view, the task of sociology is to characterize these networks in their heterogeneity and explore how it is that they come to be patterned to generate effects like organizations, inequality, and power. In other words... The purpose of Ant mm -hmm. is to trace the network, as Latour said last time, right? Mm -hmm. To understand that these networks are comprised not solely of people and not centered on human consciousness or intention. That all mm -hmm. material participates in the network. And that, as he said, to explore how it is that they come to be patterned to generate effects like organizations, inequality, and power. 
what happens when a network takes shape, where and how is the effect produced? Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, a couple things come to mind. Uh, okay. Um, so we're not saying though, we're not saying that everything is in a network. We're saying that everything exists in various networks or can be construed as a network. I think so. Also, I would add that everything mm -hmm. exists as a potential agent in a network. Hmm. All material, and this is something that Latour, and I'm sorry to keep bringing Latour up, so um, mm -hmm. go listen to the previous episode. Um, Latour argues that one of the beautiful things about actor network theory is that it is not constrained by distance, right? Physical proximity does not matter in terms of the network's composition. So any particular material agent or actor could, excuse me, could be becoming it could, become, could an become a part of any particular yeah. network okay. depending on how they're organized. I, um, well, here's a comment for me. I guess I, am I going to play the role of friendly naysayer in all, all, all ant thing here? Oh, I, can I, I, can I, I be I, the friendly naysayer or the friendly, um, the friendly old uncle who just says, I don't understand these kids these days. You know, the one that guy, can I be that guy and complain about, uh, uh, well, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure, I, mean, sure, I don't mean to put sure. you personally on the spot, but are you playing a role there or is that? <laughs> Am I planning? Is, is, is that playing a role or is that real? I mean, well, I, I, how do you see this? Uh, well, I no, it's real insofar as some of the phrases. There are phrases I like in which you read more than others. How about that? Here, okay. that how about that for as a partial but nebulous, nebulous but partial answer to your question? Uh, no, I'm not just playing a role in the sense that I'm playing a role in the sense that I do think that. To have a dialogue here, we're going to have to sort of, you know, I don't know, occupy positions here, pick a side. But, um, but, but I'm not playing a role in the sense that I, my, my quizzicalness for Ant, you know, like last, like in our last episode, it, it's genuine, and it sometimes has to do with how they're using specific, some of their specific keywords. So let me tell you something I like, and then I'll tell you something that I don't dislike. So in that way, grandpa or the uncle metaphor, you know, the old uncle metaphor falls apart because I'm not angry about this. Mm -hmm. but I, I find it I find it quizzical. So tell you something I like. I really like that last sentence because that strikes me as a very necessary concession that law has to make. He writes, as you read, in this view, the task of sociology would be to characterize these multiform networks, right? Everything's a network, different networks, not the same network, but mm -hmm. different networks. So the task of sociology is to characterize these networks in their multiplicity, or his word, heterogeneity, and explore how it is that they come to be patterned to generate effects um, like organizations, inequality, and power. I like that a lot. That's the business of the essay. That's the strong point of it, because... Um, it's an important concession to difference. And he is building his argument on the idea that networks are not just networks, but 
difference, different networks, and there are differences within the network and particularities. He's announcing his intention to be an empiricist and say, I got to look at the case to tell you what I think of the case, right? And I got to examine the case in order to tell you what I think of the case. So I like all that. But you know, some of the sentences or some of the phrases, I don't know, they raise questions for me. Like I start thinking, so the family, I'm going to go back to your first. So I like the, I like where that passage ends up, but I, but where you begin, though, I have to admit, I was very excited when I first read the essay, this, this passage right here, I thought, well, that's an interesting claim. But when you read it again, I get a little bit worried. Accordingly, the family, the organization, the computing systems, the economy and technologies, all of social life may be similarly pictured. And so then either old queerless uh, Barry or just skeptical Barry starts thinking, well, how is the family a network? Shall I respond? I would love that. I would love it. That is what I'm asking for you to do, in fact. Okay. So I think that we have to... Well, if you look at his... So he says in here that the job of the network, or essentially in, in the network, what happens is we have power right the the, the the job of the network is power okay something they they do something and so hmm. if you look at is that by power do you mean generating effects is it, are you hooking up to that last sentence i would yes okay yes. Right. okay yeah okay. i'm not talking necessarily so about ability to generate effects effects yes about. a network does something like okay. It. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's something now to be clear though, that's something could be domination, right? But it doesn't necessarily need to be right. But domination. it's to generate effects. So the argument about a family, right? These are so the network is a series of agents in connection with each other. Mm-hmm. And the the key here, and I think that maybe what's sort of like in, in a way to say how could a family be a network seems and and, and I, I I don't mean to be flippant with this. Is it a stupid question? Well, I don't don't know. It's like, doesn't a network do something? So do families do something? Yeah, they fight, they get along, they, 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 you know, like a a family functions. Are you, I mean, we're talking about a group of people as a family here. Am I understanding you properly? (laughs) It is. But I, I mean, I, I guess I would question that idea that families generate anything. How do families generate anything? How do they generate effects? Oh my God. Okay. Well, you have a series of actors and this yeah. is i don't know that so i'm going to answer this but i'm going to say i think that this is a dangerous example because when we think of the family we think of human actors and i think that the oh, beauty okay. of actor okay. network okay. theory is that we include non-human actors as well but to your point right what happens in a family i know at my family in my in my little familial network here mm-hmm. right um we produce all sorts of things. We produce messes. We produce arguments. We produce laughter. We produce uh, joy and giggles and happy. Like there are all sorts of re. re there are yeah. all sorts of repercussions of the socialization of the actors in the network. Mm-hmm. Now, what gets interesting about this is if you go a step outside of this and you include the non-human actors 
in the family network for a moment. So let's broaden it. Let's keep the, 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 the network title the same, but let's broaden it. This network that I call my family includes the house which I live. Uh, okay. It includes the furniture good. that yeah. fills the house. Like it includes it. the dog that is a part of the like house, it. Right? right? It includes uh, the weather that affects where the members of this family go and do and how we do. And so when we talk about effects, right, it's all working together. And what's interesting about the network and specifically the heterogeneity of the network, right? Is that there is, and, and we had talked about this prior, that agents or the individual actors do not have agency. Okay. Mm -hmm. That the except power, within, the except effect, within. It, it is within yeah. the, the effects that are produced from a network are the result of the socializations among the actors in the network. Right. So if I'm walking through my house in the night and I kick the corner of the couch because it's dark and I don't see it or because I'm just an inherently clumsy person. Right. The effect is something between a broken toe or a bruise or a, a cry out. Right. Oh, my um, goodness. What's that? Oh, my goodness. No, it sounds oh, bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's OK. So but the point is that 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 product is not the result of something that I wanted, right? It is the result of two disparate actors coming together in that in that instance, right? Like my toe and the corner of the couch are, are, are very closely networked. Um, and the result is a scream, a, you know, a, a, a delightful utterance in the middle of the night, whatever, whatever the case may be. So, I, but I, I think that, that in, in that instance, it's maybe illustrative because I'm not in control of that, even though I would tend to think that I am. And if you broaden it out and you include, okay, well, something like the weather, if it's raining, that's going to impact how the individual actors go and move and where. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my answer too. Well, I, I love your answer. I guess my skepticism came from the fact that I was, I really love your answer because you, you uh, think of the core of, as you were answering my question, I realized I had a better sense of what was my core resistance. Mm -hmm. And I think the core resistance is because I seized on the example where it seemed that it was all about humans. And then I thought, if it's a family, maybe a better word for family would not be, would be structure rather than network. But you did a really brilliant move by bringing in furniture bringing in the house mm -hmm. perhaps the car is part of the family network. well perhaps the television is part of the family network perhaps media is part of the family network and then once you do that then i totally understand how and family I, and I would think, be a pattern network that generates certain effects yeah and i think that i would offer the response to that that at times the television is a part of the network yeah, exactly. But then yeah, there's I, other I times. Then there's other times where the television is not an active part of the network. Indeed, and Indeed. and that's what makes this complicated. I think is that we want to think of a network. Last time we had spoken about the train station or the train line, excuse me, being a network, right? And it's the network of the car and the tracks and the 
materials that make everything up and then the geography of this. And we really like that idea of a network because we can return to that same network. And we can go, you know, so, so it's, 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 and this, this I think is going to maybe be a good segue for us moving forward, but that is a very durable network, right? Because it's going to, in its physical composition, remain relatively static. We can see that and, 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 and there's comfort in that. What makes ant difficult is that in the middle of the night, my toe in the corner of the couch became networked, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe later on or earlier on, you know, my my rear and the top of the couch became networked and we involved the television, which simultaneously involved all of the electrical wiring in the house. Right. So, I mean, there's there's all sorts of that. These are very temp in, in, in the discussion that we're having right now. These are very temporal networks that are or temporally limited, restricted, contingent. Networks. Better said, better said um, the well, listen, I'm glad I asked my. Uh, uh, grumpy old man question because I loved your answer to it. So I, I thought that was very clarifying. So thank you very much. Let's All go right. to two. You're Let's kind. go to two. Let's go to passage two. Okay. Shall I read it or do you want to, I, I have it here in front of me. You're doing it so well tonight. I, I got my, I'm... I got my reading voice. Yeah. You got your reading voice. <laughs> All right. So now we're, we're, we're into the next section entitled punctualization and resourcing. And, and so I'll, I'll read this and we'll come back to what he's talking about with punctualization and, and, and how to do this. But he says, why is it that the networks which make up the actor come to be deleted or concealed from view? And why is this sometimes not the case? Let me start with tautology. Each of the above examples suggests that the appearance of unity and the disappearance of network has to do with simplification. The argument runs like this. All phenomena are the effect or the product of heterogeneous networks. But in okay. practice, Let, let's just stop right there to say that was the claim we were, that's the claim we were discussing just a moment ago that he made a moment ago and we were discussing. Correct. That in is, fact, that particular claim. Right? Yeah. And so, so let's look, to, maybe we, we go slowly through this, but in practice, we do not cope with endless network ramification. Indeed, much of the time, we are not even in a position to detect network complexities. So, for example, if I'm watching television, I'm not thinking about the wiring and then the, the bolts that hold the, the television on the wall and the architecture behind it. I'm simply watching television as a unified whole. So what's happening? The answer is that if a network acts as a single block, the television, mm -hmm. then it disappears to be replaced by the action itself and the seemingly simple author of that action, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than seeing all of the complexities of the network that is in play when we sit to watch television, it's the action that we see. What are you doing? I'm watching television. I'm. It, it, it becomes mm -hmm. a stable, single thing. At the same time, the way in which the effect is generated is also effaced. For the time being, it is neither visible nor relevant. So it is that something. So it is that something much simpler. A work. Oh, he says a working television, a well-managed bank, or a healthy body comes for a time to mask the networks that produce it. The healthy body is really 
good metaphor for what, or a really great example. It is. Because the whole uh, of what he's talking about, uh, and he's talking about this process of punctualization. Let me offer just a quick uh, definition of it, and we'll we'll test it. But it seems to be, you know, in punctualization, if I understand it right, he's talking about the process by which we come to disbelieve in actor network theory. We come to believe there are only actors and there aren't networks because uh, there is something. So the paradox is there is something in the actor network when it's working really well, it creates some, uh, and his term for it is punctualization. When it stabilizes, when it's working stably and functioning normally, uh, something happens in our perception and we only perceive a single thing and we perceive ourselves in relation to that single thing, perhaps acting on that single thing. And we don't perceive the electric wiring in the wall, mm-hmm. all these larger factors, all the larger, uh, all the many different elements in the, in the habitat. So, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, uh, and just one other comment on this, you know, when you were reading the passage, I realized this is, um, uh, this is his phenomenological moment, like um, in phenomenology and philosophy, it was this idea that you can, uh, a phenomenology associated with um, our friend Martin Heidegger, or at least our philosophical friend, not our personal friend, Martin Heidegger, and, it, and before that, Edmund Husserl, uh, there was this, you know, a movement in 20th century philosophy that held that. Um, we could sort of get back to the truths of existence if we just bracketed off everything and just focused on what we perceive, our mo- our particular perception of an object, our, our perception of reality. I'm really simplifying it, but I but I am but I but I'm I'm I just want to bring in phenomenology uh, just to make the point that uh, as you were reading this passage, I think. So um, Husserl talks about that phenomenological moment, the moment when you just focus on what you're perceiving immediately. He talks about it as a bracketing off other things, right? He talks about it as a reduction. And interestingly enough, that's what he's saying here. That's it is. what Law is saying here, right? It is. And this is my opportunity, I think, now to climb uh-huh. aboard the cranky old man train for a second. Oh, yeah. Because here I think we see one of the real dangers of actor network theory. And that is that it is rooted in perception or at least um, phenomenology in, in the empirical, you know, right? It's, it's, it's what yeah, we right, see right, as, right. as, as, as Latour had said, right? It's the tracing of the network. Okay. And the problem is that what this lets let us do, like this, this process of punctualization, mm-hmm. what this really lets us do, and it, it lets us discuss or talk about or engage with infinitely complex relations mm-hmm. at whatever level we perceive them. And on the surface, I think that sounds like a great thing. Right, because what could be more democratic than opening up the possibility for interactions, regardless of your level of expertise? However, we know that the 
dirt's in the de- oh, the, the you know the, the devil's in the details, right? And that the deeper and more nuanced we get, mm-hmm. right? The, the 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 finer the the finer the 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 more nuanced we get, the more the more. How do I say this, Barry? Help me. My w- words are hard for me again tonight. Um, no. We we can engage on a more granular level. I'll take the cheap. I'll take the easy off ramp there. Okay. But what happens with punctualization? And I'm not sure. Maybe now I'm not sure if well, this I mean, is laws. Well, Michael, maybe maybe you're finding a problem. I can't believe I'm saying this and you're saying what you're saying. But I'm going to keep in my uh, keep. We've we've had a moment of reversal here in the Shakespearean comedy of. Uh, I like this chair though. This, this, new, this new chair is comfy here. I like this. <laughs> um. But and I was going to defend uh, what's going on here because this phenomenological reduction, this moment of phenomenological reduction that Law is talking about, he's criticizing, right? Uh, you're, you're, I, I, and you know, uh, Husserl said that phenomenology was like the true empiricism. So you're, you're dead on to say that you know you're to detect uh, the kind of this is an empirical moment and and. And no wonder law is paying attention to it because perception perception is uh, what he's discussing here. But and this is just apropos of your your recent objection. He's criticizing the phenomenological reduction. He's thinking that when punctualization happens, we are simplifying, we are to blame, and that a truly philosophical view would not be the phenomenologically reductive view, but the view that says. You know what? We should even even though I'm not immediately conscious of it, there is a network in play here. There are elements here beyond my 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 perception of of this the static thing that's outside of me that happens to be working at this moment. That's correct. I I, I want my chair back. I I agree. Um, I I I yeah. I was, so he's critical. I mean, punctualization for him is, the, is, the is a philosophical mistake. Right. It's, yes, it's a problem, and so yes. Part, pardon me. I, I'm I'm going to get back onto the sunny side. Of all the, right, all right. The so then, okay. then I can occupy the 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 uh, contrarian seat, and I'm, I'm I'll be very happy to. Yeah, okay, no, that's but I, anyway. I, I, shall we move to number three? Well, I think yeah, but or I, is I there more to I, say here? Well, no, but I want to I want to introduce what you would refer to as number three as <laughs> here. I'll be contrary again as number two B because oh. this discussion of translation. I think okay. is directly tied All to right. the the to the problem of punctualization. So he says in the strategies of translation. All right. How is the work of all networks that make up the punctualized actor borrowed, bent, displaced, distorted, rebuilt, reshaped, stolen, profited from, and or misrepresented to generate the effects of agency, organization, and power? So in other words. How is it that these networks produce effects? Is that is that a fair synopsis of that? Uh, how is it? How is the work of all networks that make up the uh-huh. punctualized actor, right? So the television. Uh-huh. Borrowed, bent, displaced, distorted, rebuilt, reshaped, stolen, profited from, and or misrepresented to generate the effects of agency, organization, and power. So where Go yeah ahead. i think you need to read the second question and then and then say what it what it's going how, on i think the second question is part of it. how are the resistances overcome 
that seems to be the problem he's trying to explain in this section, which is um, what he, let me just say this and then I, I want you to please keep reading because, but in this section, um, what's going on in this section is that previously he had been talking about networks as something they're made of heterogeneous, networks are made of heterogeneous materials. They produce variety of effects. So how do they come to seem stable? Mm -hmm. And networks of power, if networks of power too, if networks of political power as well, if they also are made of these heterogeneous materials, why is there even the appearance of stabilization? Mm -hmm. okay. And that appearance of stabilization is the problem that right. he calls punctualization. Punctualization. So, and how can they, how can these systems, given that they're rickety and everything could fall apart at any moment, how do they hold together? How do they hold together? Here, actor network theory engages with the question that I posed at the outset. How is it that we never saw before? that the Gorbachevs of this world really had clay, had feet of clay yeah, all right, along. Right, right. For actor network theory is all about power. And this gets us back to where we started. Power as a concealed or misrepresented effect rather than power as a set of causes. So again, the 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 job of ant is power and it's it's about power as an effect. Here, and this is here you go, Barry. Here it is close to Foucault, but it is not simply Foucauldian for eschewing the synchronic. It tells empirical stories about processes of translation. Indeed, there is more than a hint of Machiavelli and the method. And the author of The Prince is cited approvingly by several actor network theorists for his merciless analysis of the tactics and strategies of power. Do you want to unpack that? <laughs> Not particularly because it's hard, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to try. Um, let's let's start with the engagement with Foucault okay. and let, just sort of do um, real basic Foucault and then sort of work to law. So. What's the point of agreement between what he's saying about so what law notices is a fundamental agreement. Uh, or a point, not a fundamental agreement, but a point of agreement, an important point of agreement between what he's saying about networks and power and Fou Michel Foucault's own theory of power. So the bare bones, very bare bones explanation of Foucault is that Foucault worked against in his theorizing about power and discipline and disciplinary mechanisms in his work on prisons and schools and institutions and how power is manifest in spaces like educational spaces and schools, right. hospitals, or, right. or wherever prisons. Um, Foucault want, I mean, the, the, if you had to sum up Foucault and it's impossible to do so, so I'll do it in a sentence and, and just move on. But He's working against the tradition, a conventional notion of power that says, I have power. I I am a powerful person. If I'm dominating you, it's because I contain power and I have the ability 
to dominate, to project my power onto you. And you have no choice but to, you know, exert or somehow work underneath my scheme of domination. Power, in other words, is a one-way now. Mm-hmm. It's going from one person who exerts power and a person who's oppressed. And Foucault, in all these different modalities, tries to question that relationship. And what he tries to replace it with is actually something close to a note, where he says power isn't something that's exerted. It's something that circulates. Actually, Foucault comes close to using the network, uh, the metaphor of a network to describe, to re-describe power. So that it's power, something that circulates between actors rather than something or contains actors within a system or a network rather than something is the king oppresses the peasants, you know, that that model. That so just oh, to that sounds that, very much like law. I was going to say fact, that's consistent. It, it's very consistent. So, um, did that so make is that clear enough? Like where they're in common, where he he why he brings up Foucault? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I was going to say I think that's that as I'm understanding what you're yeah. saying here. That's yeah. consistent with what law is arguing, right? That power does not exist in a specific place Location. it is the result it is an effect of relations right. right okay so that's the convergence it's a big convergence as you're saying mm-hmm. it's a big convergence so i'm going to try to articulate the divergence you tell me whether i get it right here's where they diverge though in this particular section we're entitled the strategies of translation at the end of the essay where they diverge but it's a crucial divergence Foucault always stays within the realm, this sort of theoretical conceptual realm where power circulates. Power is not something that any single agent possesses definitively. Uh, But he stays within this sort of, I don't know, abstract theoretics. Whereas Law the Sociologist says, and let me just read one of the sentences, Mm -hmm. that the crucial sentence is the one you read. Here it's close to Foucault. I think we were just saying, not only is it close to Foucault, his theory of power, it's damn close to Foucault, right? Right. But but this is where they diverge, and it's a big divergence. It's not simply Foucaultian. For eschewing the synchronic, synchronic would be uh, the, the network of power absented from history. And... Law is not necessarily interested in history, but as the next phrase that completes the sentence shows, he's interested in something. He's interested in in the empirical. He's interested in test cases. So let me read the whole sentence without my interruptions. My theory of power is close to Foucault, but it is not simply Foucaultian. For eschewing the synchronic, it tells empirical stories about process of tra- processes of translation period, but it's assumed that he means processes of translation from within the network. Mm-hmm. So what proceeds, tell me, tell me if I'm right, check me if I'm wrong. What proceeds is he, he kind of says, so how does, how do networks, I'm going to try to paraphrase this and mm-hmm. you tell me if I, if I'm getting it close to right. So I'm John Law, I'm agreeing with Foucault. Power is something that circulates. It's not something that somebody possesses and exerts in a single moment 
over someone else. It's more complex than that. It's a network. Um, so Foucault gets that right. But if you're studying the network of power. Well, all networks. Uh, all, all network. Sorry. That's all networks. All, yeah. Okay. If you're studying a network, if you're studying all networks, you have to proceed in a, in a different way than Foucault did. You have to do a case-by-case -case study. Uh, so to answer the question, I'll go back to the beginning of the paragraph and, and, try, and, and try to incorporate that in my paraphrase. How do we explain networks of power that manage to produce stability, that manage to maintain themselves? Uh, because given what we know about power, and Foucault agrees with me, John Law thinks, mm -hmm. given what we know about power, power isn't power is a heterogeneous you know, not static thing, right? It's a dynamic thing. Um, so how does it even give the presence of durability and permanence? Okay, so two answers to this. Number one, the first answer is, um, I can't give you an answer, <laughs> uh, except I can't give you an answer in the abstract. I can give you an answer on a case by case basis. That's the first answer. The first well, answer out. is time out, yeah. time out right there. Yeah. I want to just make this, I want to, I'm, I'm going to phrase this as a statement, but this is a question. Okay. You have to, because remember every single network is its own thing and it's never mm -hmm. the same twice. Right. right. So right. how power is maintained is mm -hmm. always going to be unique to the network. And as each yes. network is unique, right. it would be literally, it would be impossible for you to say- Make a generalization. Across the board, here's the, this is how power is maintained. And, and this, by the way, is exactly where he parts ways with Foucault because right. Foucault does want to make that general concluding statement about power, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and Law says, okay, first answer to the question of, how does power maintain itself? Okay, we can't answer that in difficulty and generalization. We have to do exactly what you said. We have to do that study of the individual network. Okay, that's the first answer. But then in this section, he gives a couple different answers. Um, and I'm going to make a value judgment here. The most um clearest answer for me to understand or the clearest example that he gives to me is um is or secondary answer he gives is this he says that sometimes networks are consist of more durable materials mm -hmm. and the durability of the materials in the network creates the phenomenon that we ascribe to it of, of it seeming permanent and long lasting but it does raise a sort of question, Michael, which maybe you can help me answer. What does he mean by durability about durability of materials? Yeah, I think this is a great question. I think this is really the, we, we, we've reached that, that point of focus that I think is central to understanding what's going on with Ant. So I would contend that the durability of a network mm -hmm would be articulated through the strength of the socializations or connections 
or the nature of those connections among the various actors that comprise the network in one particular configuration. Okay, so if the network is always going to be changing, but if the various actors in the network are able to relate to one another in ways that are more or less consistent, then the overall nature of the network and the nature of the effect of the network is going to maintain a certain level of consistency. And I think the easiest way of looking at this is, again, we'll go back to the television, okay? If you think of, and I'm going to be speaking broadly here at times, which is part of the problem of this again, but if you think about all of the wiring in a house that has to come together and the, 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 the connection among all of those wires and the power grid outside of the house, that's going to maintain itself fairly well, assuming that we don't have a hurricane that knocks out the power, nobody drives their pickup truck into a power right. line, whatever the case may be. So let's assume then that we have a period of time where there are no storms and there are no drunk drivers and all the nuts and bolts that hold everything together maintain their integrity and everything works and we have power, right? That comes into the house. Now we have to look at the network of television and all of the bits and pieces and electronics that work to make, to turn that electricity or to utilize that electricity to create a picture, right? If all of those things hold still, then we have television and that's good. And this network functions and we, we, we have, this is durable because nothing's broken. Okay. Um, this is fine. And that produces its desired effect. We maybe, I think this is actually, now that I'm thinking about this argument, it, it's going to probably work better if we introduce human actors. But at the same time, that works fine. We don't think of it. That's punctual, That's a punctualized, punctualized network, right? It maintains its power. It continues to produce the same effect. What happens is, and this is what breaks punctualization, right? Is that if something breaks, if the network is reconfigured. I don't even want to use sure. the word break because that's not right. If the network is reconfigured or if the relationship among the actors are reconfigured so that something happens, well, let's say a part within the television decides it's not going to work anymore. And now we don't have a screen. Well, now the fragility of the network becomes instantly clear, right? Or um, something happens to the internet and now I don't have my streaming service. And now again, the fragility of the network becomes clear and that's a rupture in power. And that rupture in power is a lack of durability in this case. And so what happens is this, we, in, in that moment of power, we see the fragility of the network. And in that moment, we have the opportunity to, I don't know, perhaps replace it and fix it and restore the durability, um, reassert that power mm -hmm. or else failing that topple the network, which would then mm -hmm be immediately reconfigured into something else. Well, you're making me think that maybe we need to, in order to sort of explain his terms to ourselves, as well as to listeners, we might have to sort of narrow, put these, some of the terms we've been using, he's been using in a kind of narrative form. So yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do it with, you know, inspired by what you just said. 
going to try to sort of do a narrative, relate a narrative that would sort of explain how this process works. So it seems what you're saying is that um, punctuality of a system, punctuality of an actor network depends on having durable materials. Yes. It depends on the durability of materials. Whatever that do, whatever that means, whether it's electricity. <laughs> well, I think we'd say it depends on the consistent relation of actors within the network. Okay, all right, but so I'm trying to put durable. Well, then help me. That I'm is trying durability. To put durable material. I think, I think the degree okay. to which the relations are stable mm -hmm. is its durability. Okay, all right, all right. right. So if and we, so the and and. The ironic effect, then, I'm trying to narrate this or put this in a kind of temporal order. Uh, the Ironically, the effect of durability is punctualization. Correct. Punctualization of the system. Okay. So translation, what he calls translation, is actually the, the strategies of translation, which is the use of durable materials. That... He actually that comes after the discussion of punctualization, but in a way, it's there to explain what punctualization how punctualization is. works. I think. Okay. Yeah. So an interesting, That's I, I think an interesting, maybe case study of mm -hmm. the maintenance of power, mm -hmm. but at the same or or of durability of a network, right? A punctualized mm -hmm. network, um, and the sort of shift in power as the network morphs or changes is um, the Twitter or X as we're calling it now, mm -hmm. right? This, this um, I think is an interesting example of how mm -hmm. networks work on a micro and macro level, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, you have this platform which is really nothing more than the socialization of a bunch of, you know, that this is what happens when a bunch of ones and zeros get put together in a particular pattern. And we have this uh, coupled with, you know, the, all of the bits in the electronic infrastructure that create this thing that we call a Twitter. I, I refuse to call it X. It's annoying to me still. It's still too new. Um, so if you have this, you now have a space sort of, right? But the network that we, or Twitter as we understand it, is really the interaction of, you know, who knows however many different people who pop in and out of various discussions. And those various mm -hmm. discussions on their own are little networks. But mm -hmm. all of those discussions together form what we understand as the platform, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think of all of the different ways in which effects or power are produced, mm -hmm. right? You have so many little levels of, of power. And I, Latour calls this black boxing, by the way. I think what this is, that was the term I've been trying to think of the whole time, right? What uh, law calls punctualization, I think Latour calls black boxing. It's our ability oh, to, to understand this as, as a whole. So we talk of Twitter as this punctualized thing, right? It is comprised of a million little discussions, a, a little, little discussion, a little million things, little right. fights, by a million actors who come in and go out right, and they'll right. join this conversation. They'll join that conversation. Right, they may right. still be a part of the original conversation, right. right? So this is a really good thing. But what's interesting to me is if you look at the shift, right? So Musk comes in as a new actor 
into this network and Dorsey mm -hmm. comes, goes out, mm -hmm. right? The name of the network is the same. We still call it Twitter for the time being, though that has changed, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing itself still has proven durable in the sense that it exists and we recognize it. But the general, like I would question, you know, the, the tone of Twitter if you think about its early days and usage and, you know, the promise of democracy that it held through, you know, the Arab Spring and the Boston Marathon and, you know, how many different natural disasters, this became this incredibly positive thing. And it's gradual degradation into just a cesspool of yuck, right, is really the shift in power, this shift in the effect of what happens when these things come together. It still exists, Right but it functions differently than it did despite the fact that from a black box perspective, it's still maintained mm -hmm. or from a punctualized perspective, looks like, you know, I'll try and keep my, my terminology consistent. It's still maintained. It's, it's effect. Don't you think though that Twitter X or um, whatever has, has, um, also, I mean, I, I I take your point and the black box. I'm, I'm glad you brought in Latour's idea of the black box. Um, so it, this isn't a, it, I'm not, this is not a counter argument to the argument you made because I think it, it's a good argument um, and a good description of Twitter X. But um, I, I, I guess I just have this sort of question on the side, which is what does, um, I mean, isn't it also the case that Elon Musk, a single actor, did a lot to change the perception and perhaps the reality? I guess I got a lot of questions in here. It, I guess first off, would you would you let me let me ask it in the form of that's, two? First, let me say that's a great question. I like this question. Keep well, and I think it's two quite. I think it's two questions. So the first question I have, and like I said, this is sort of plain. My question isn't a counter argument to your claim, because I think your claim is your claim. It's right. And I, I agree with your claim. At the same time, I have the question. So the first question is this. Mr. Musk, what what did he do to change or transform? I mean, he's done something to it to change it in not just the material reality by firing people and you know restructuring the company. But also in the public perception, he sort of changed it. And then the subsidiary question that the question of moment for our discussion would be, um, if you do agree with that idea that he's he is an actor, a major actor in this play that you're describing, although it's complicated because, as you say, the, the narrative of Twitter as liberator, really, that's that was kind of gone by the Dorsey era. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. It was kind of gone before Musk, right? Yeah. So it's complicated, but I'll just finish out my question and shut shut up. The but the second question would be: if we ascribe all this agency to Musk, what does that do for Ant? Okay, so here's the thing: I think that you just really clarified the reason why Latour had to write the article that he wrote. Okay, because. Musk doesn't have agency in this network. No individual actor has network, has agency. Very good. Additionally, yeah, very additionally good like you yeah. made the argument that isn't he a major actor? He's not. He's one node in the network. 
we see now i think what happens is again it's the relation among all of the notes if he comes off as generally being this unsavory person to one subset of that network but as a liberator to other to subsets the other then what's going to happen is the you know one part of that network is going to choose to disengage and form other networks or partake in this particular network differently and then still in the network well, again, everything is a network, right? The, but what you're looking at, what you're looking at is a, so your response is a perfect, perfect articulation of punctualization, right? Musk as this durable, agentive actor, he's not, he's a node, right? But what happens is as he reacts to his perception of Twitter, and he decides he's going to take certain things. He's just networked differently than you or I might be if we were active on that network. And Musk's own self-perception seems to be that, hey, he doesn't, he, you know, it's it's very interesting. And I, I don't know where to, how to untangle this, but along these lines of what you're saying, Musk's own self-explanation of, you know, account of what he's doing, what he has been doing at Twitter. He never stresses his agency. He says, I'm trying to fix this. I'm trying to fix the network. I'm trying, in other words, he acts not as the person above the network, but as the person within, the agent within the network, subordinate to the network that is trying to instantiate changes. And so it's always in that particular frame. He's never talks about like, I'm coming from outside and fixing it from the outside. So here's 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 the problem and I'll use this idea of punctualization again, right? When you look at a network of this size mm-hmm. through the lens of ant without mm-hmm. punctualization, without black boxing, it becomes virtually impossible to talk possible about. Possible to talk about. And so what happens is or you it have, becomes a sublime object. Right. Yeah. So you can now, depending on your position within the network, mm-hmm. choose to engage with the with with the network as punctualized mm-hmm. entities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which gives you the illusion of being a major actor or agentive on your own, but Again, you also have that very convenient ability to just go back into the network and say, oh, hey, hey, no, I can't do this. I'm just one person. This is the will of the network as a whole or the people as a whole. And what we see with this thing like Twitter is exactly what Law is pointing out. It is all of what was his. Let me let's see if I can go back and find this. It was all social life and for better or worse, in a highly networked digital society, we see all aspects of social life layered one upon the next, upon the next, upon the next. So you've got this massive ball of string that's tied up in itself that unless you use these black boxes to sort of start separating things and say, well, this network's here and this network's here and this thing is here. So we have Twitter and we have Facebook and we have you know the US government and we have uh, the federal, you know, Bureau of Investigation, you have all of these things. They're all networks that are intertwined. It becomes an untenable conversation on a big level. 
ant gets really, really useful when you can drill down and deal with smaller levels. So I think Twister, t- Twister, <laughs> Twitter X. That's that's a beautiful Freudian uh, uh, misprision of the, the term. I love there that. you go. Um, you know, uh, allows Musk for better, or for worse, the ability to sort of play both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he he and he definitely is. Yeah. Um, OK. Yeah. Good talk, man. <laughs> yeah good talk yeah, i like i that. like it so actor <laughs> network theory but i think I, I, I think we ended in a good place you know because the thing about it is it's awkward from certain perspectives or it's awkward if you're trying to use it to understand certain bigger kind of unwieldy um you know relationships but i think that when you when you can sort of define what aspect of effect you're looking to try and understand it really allows you as latour said in the last episode we did it allows you to really sort of trace the network and mm-hmm. understand what particular relationships do and that's really really fascinating it mm-hmm. just let you know it it just it it multiplies itself exponentially as you start to insert one network into another into another and you start to look at social you know society as a more complex thing but also clearly there are networks and we we ended up by invoking one of those net, uh networks that um tr- you would have to do a pretty mammoth study a monolithic study to trace it to really trace it i don't even know if you could to be honest with you mm-hmm. all right well barry shall we I, I was thinking my mind is uh, exploded already. I can't go any further. I the hate to say goodbye. Doing I, hate, trace, I, I hate to do it. Doing but the tracing of the X network. Yeah, that's this it. Was, it's over. It's this over. was fun. This was fun. Okay. Well, good. Good, good. Um, we're approaching 50. episode 50. Yeah. So the next episode, can I do a little teaser, a little preview? Do your thing. We're going to take stock. I'll just say that. We're going to take stock. We're going to think about where we were, where we've been. Is that the same thing? I guess. Um, <laughs> that's a that's that's way. Yeah, I, I think. And it's where a, we're going. And yeah, we obviously, you know, we'll think about where we're headed. Yeah. The, 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 to think that we've done 49 episodes is cool. And I think we've sort of, the, 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 the thing that we're doing has taken, I think, enough of a shape that we can probably, it's a good time to look back and see what we're doing and maybe where we're going to head. So. Um, yeah, with that, Barry, I'm going to say thanks. Thank you again, Michael. I Have appreciate it. And it was a very clarifying discussion. Thanks again. <laughs> All right. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com.